Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... My goodness gracious, it's already December 31st in the year of our Lord 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced that the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have going forward. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. And oh man, do we got a great show for you today. Oh my goodness, there's so many topics in the news. It is shocking. As you know, since it is December 31st, it is, what do they call it, New Year's Eve Day? Yeah. Tomorrow we kick off 2021. Imagine that, January 1st, 2021 coming up. That's fascinating. Time flies when you're having fun. Many people are looking back at 2020 saying, good riddance. Yeah, hopefully hindsight will be 2020, ladies and gentlemen, and hopefully we will see the truth that lockdowns are bogus, that government's not being honest about really everything. I hate to make such a blanket statement, but it's almost universally true. That is that government is not being honest about what's really happening in the world around us. They're literally promoting an agenda that is dishonest. And strikes at the very heart of everything we hold dear. Oh yeah, I kid you not, from cancel culture right on through to the culture war, all the way to attacks on the followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah, we got a sinister plan afoot, ladies and gentlemen, secret combinations above the people, and we better act now. We better speak out. We better get bold. I don't mean violent. I mean bold, direct. We need to double down on our own families and our own lives and repent and change do the very best we can, but if we turn to God, he will heal our land and he will protect us, but it takes a repentant people. It takes a humble, willing people to turn to the author of their liberty, their maker, God Almighty. And if we do that, ladies and gentlemen, we have a blessed future ahead of us, I'll tell you that right now. And if we don't, it doesn't look too bright. Some say I'm negative, I disagree. I think pointing out this stark reality that we face is vital at this juncture. And I think the only reason America hasn't already suffered greater turmoil and destruction and natural disasters and calamities and uh, everything else is because God has been protecting us because we have been in the past a very moral, good, honest, righteous people. I know we've got mistakes, but we're not perfect, but we, we can turn to God. He's protected us. This has been a blessed nation and it can remain such. Let's be very clear, but it's up to each individual. It's up to each family. Society is nothing more than a reflection of the family. Understanding that reality check, that's why we talk so much about God, family, and country. Because that, in those simple words, God, family, and country, lies the seeds for solutions. In those simple words, the promotion of God, family, and country. In those simple words, those simple guidelines, those simple focus, it's easy to understand that's where the answers are. That's where the hope 
lies. That's where the solutions reside, ladies and gentlemen. I kid you not. I know some people are going, Sam, you make it so simple. It isn't that simple, Sam. You know what? It is that simple. It is that simple. We always want to look to Washington to solve the problems. We always want to look to the federal government or the global government. We always want to look to somebody else. We always want to look to a, a pill for every ill. We always want to look to a 30-minute you know, TV kind of series. You know what? Find the bad guys, wrap it up, sum it up, and we're done idea. Those ideas are not adequate. But fundamental change within individuals' hearts and minds and actions and thoughts. And then to teach families to do the same. For husbands and wives to stay together and stay married. For children to be born to a legally and lawfully married husband and wife, mother and father, if you will. Those are the keys to strong families. Families that pray together, stay together. Families that repent and forgive one another and make it through the tough times are the keys to solutions, are the answers. And the more we can reside in families and take care of problems on a family basis, on a local basis, neighbor helping neighbor, on a local congregational basis, churches in the mix, religious leadership and guidance, good, honest, righteous, black regiment style preachers in the pulpit telling the tale of liberty and repentance and hope. And those are the answers, folks. The answers do not reside thousands of miles away in Washington. In fact, the Declaration of Independence rejected that very notion that the answers are there. The Declaration of Independence basically said, hey, you know what, this guy, this King George thug, is so far away and he's making all these edicts and demands and violating our rights and abusing us and from afar, we're not going to tolerate it anymore. But now we're allowing the same thing to happen in Washington, D.C., in your given state, wherever it may be. And you say, well, wait a minute, Sam, uh, the 10th Amendment Center out the state's the anecdote to the, to the government. No, they're not. Because there's checks and balances all up and down the line based on moral law. We don't have a democracy. We have a republic. There are checks and balances. Am I saying the county's more powerful than everybody else? No, I'm not. But I am saying there are jurisdictions. There are divisions in government intentionally put in place by the founders with checks and balances, vertically and horizontally. All right, that's something you need to understand. The government is not just the government, right? There are different governmental entities with different jurisdictional Delegated responsibilities, authorities, powers. But there's also checks on those authorities, those delegated permissions that we, the consent of the governed, provide. We didn't provide for them to commit vote fraud. We didn't provide for them to lock us all down over some boogeyman coronavirus. Does the coronavirus exist? Yes, it does. Can it be very deadly and evil? Yes, it can. Does that mean they have authority to lock us all down and destroy our rights and fundamentally remake the country? Not a chance. Folks, this is serious business we're talking about here. This is not fun and games. Uh, this is not, uh, 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 you know what, we're the bad guys because we speak out against it. That's what they want you to believe is they try to control free speech, manipulate rights to, to peacefully assemble. The guys that want to peacefully assembly, assemble can't do it. But the guys that want to protest and riot and rage and pillage and plunder absolutely get the carte blanche go. See, something's wrong in America. Something's topsy-turvy. And the answer is it's our fundamental understanding of where the solutions lie. They don't lie in government, they lie in the family. The solutions lie in self-government, not in bureaucrats and regulations. The answers lie in the 10 commandments, not the 10 gazillion commandments created by government with a never-ending litany of more, right? 
Okay, these are simple principles that I speak of, but how many talk show hosts articulate them as I do? Many will say, Sam, I'm not as religious as you, but man, you're sure, you know, you're sure hitting on the right points for many things. Just not religion. Fine. Say what you want. Think what you want. Choose what you want. But at the end of the day, I'm telling you right now, the answer is God, family, and country. Okay, we have got to protect life, liberty, and property. And if we cannot protect the most innocent among us, our babies, if we can't stop the curse, the scourge of abortion uh, on demand in America, even late term, even after delivery abortions, they're openly discussing now. If we can't protect the most innocent among us, ladies and gentlemen, we will never protect you and I. Never. If we can't protect the elderly among us, you can't protect you and I. Right? Okay? The eugenics movement is live and well underground in America, ladies and gentlemen. And its tip is the vaccination discussion. Yeah. They want to, by hook or by crook, remake your life. Remake your health. Remake your DNA, RNA, makeup. That's what they want to do. They want man to play God. We can't accept it, ladies and gentlemen. You can say I'm overstating the issue. You can say, oh, Sam, it isn't that way. Come on. Look, is this battle for freedom, liberty, or tyranny a simple one, an easy one? Is it going away anytime soon? We cannot remove reality. The more they lock us down, the more they force things on our bodies, the more they manipulate and dishonestly create a playing field where you can't win. The only way to win is murder your baby and get vaccinated. And promote socialism. Give everybody a handout. See, all these things track back to one simple principle. That is the principle of agency. Will you be free to choose for yourself or will you be forced by government? By, well, do you want God's way, Jesus Christ's way, or Satan's way? It is that simple of a discussion, folks. And I know people are saying, no, it's not. It's way complicated. I know. I know, but y'all want to make it too complicated every time, and you always will. And therefore, you'll never, ever hit on the answers. All right, the answers aren't how what somebody's doing in Washington, D.C., 2,000-plus miles away from me. Those aren't the answers. In fact, that's where many, 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 many of the problems are created, right? All right, I digress. I got to I gotta get the news. The networks refused to use recap of yesterday's broadcast covered, don't I? We had an incredible guest on yesterday, a two-hour guest. It was Sam Bushman and Richard Mack that interviewed this wonderful lady. Her name is Larvita. Uh, McFar, I don't know how to say it. <laughs> anyway, um, she's the owner of Haven's Garden Restaurant in Lyon County, Minnesota. Treat your taste bud to a mouth-watering experience, ladies and gentlemen. It's havensgarden.org. Levita McFarkler, has, uh, she says, God has put a vision on my heart to create a place where people from all backgrounds can come together, sit back, and share a laugh and experience something new. Cook fresh. We try our best to get local vegetables and fruits for our restaurant to make it taste great. Anyway, we had Richard Mack with me, and uh, we talked about donating now to the Daughters of Larvita's Support Fund. All right, I'll give you the details in seconds. We need you to donate, folks. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? 
Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems, at all times and in all places, is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, ladies. Wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about this incredible lady that we interviewed yesterday for two hours. Her name is Larvita McFar. I don't know how to say her last name. Sorry. I try, try, try. Anyway, Richard Mack was with me. We had an incredible interview with this lady. And uh, we need to donate now to the daughters of Larvita Support Fund, ladies and gentlemen. She has a, a GoFundMe kind of an idea at the number one free Christian fundraising site. It's called GiveSendGo.com. GiveSendGo.com. Type in Larvita, L-A-R-V-I-T-A. All right? L-A-R-V-I-T-A. All right? Give, send, go. Okay? And um, I donated money. Richard Mack donated money, and we highly recommend you do as well. And we are working on uh, going to see her, going to her restaurant. We had a two-hour interview with her. I'm telling you, it was a great, great show. Such a good show that I'm going to replay it on Saturday. I'm not going to be in town because it's, it's New Year's, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to replay it, okay? But we talked a lot with her about government shutdowns of all kinds. And we talked about this idea that there's now in the, quote, legislation, uh, this, what, the Corona Save Everybody Act? What do you call that thing? The latest big omnibus spending bill, which we'll get into in a second. But the U.S. Senate basically had what's called the HEALS Act, H-E-A-L-S Act, HEALS Act, allows businesses to write, up 100, write off 100% of the cost of meals, folks. 
that's in the latest legislation. So with that in mind, uh, you know, we said, how does that work with them shutting you down everywhere? They're threatening, threatening to arrest her. They took her license away. They gave it back. They got a cease and, distort, cease and desist order against her. But Larvita's standing tall, and I commend her for doing so. Hey, Brian, Brian Rust, RustClinicGift.com with me. Have you heard of this story? I have not. Oh, man, it is tremendous. Real leadership going on here uh, by this lady, Larvita, doing just a phenomenal job. And I think this is the tip of the spear in the discussion right now. Will small business survive, sir? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, hey, I, I read an article kind of on, the, on your same line, uh, this Robert Reich out of uh, the Daily Herald. Uh, it, it was interesting that he said, uh, you know, these politicians want to raise taxes on the rich, which hardly ever happens. You know, they're balking. But it, it's interesting to see. He mentions the fact that the rich have become richer. 651 American billionaires have gained uh, one trillion of wealth. Uh, Say that again. You know, that, those numbers are just startling. Yeah, he, he says that 650 American billionaires have gained one trillion in wealth since the uh, pandemic uh, of this year started. So it almost you, makes you wonder if the pandemic is being exploited for that very purpose, sir. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, and then he, you know, he mentions at the same time more than 20 million Americans are jobless, 8 million have fallen into poverty, 19 million are at risk of eviction, 26 million are going hungry. Mainstream economists are already talking about K-shaped recovery. You know, kind of. You know, but, you know, I think one of the biggest problems that we're seeing, the real danger is massive state dependence. You know, they want us to rely on the government to take care of them. And they're not, you know, they're not going after the rich or, you know, or the richer just seem to get, you know, are getting more rich. But it's it's all this control, you know, of, you know, and what are they saying also? If you're going to go out of country or you're going to get on a plane, you better have had the, the, the shot because they're going to test everybody to make sure you have. And if you have it, you can't, you know, there's just more and more government regulation and it's kind of like her there they want to shut her down she's trying to do some things that are good and yeah it's just it's crazy she's a black lady she's a conservative and she just simply says look i can't i can't make a living and feed my family uh if they shut me down and so i'm just not willing uh to shut down she's uh, literally at loggerheads with the governor uh, of Minnesota on this very topic. And I look at this and I go, Brian, you're hitting on all cylinders with this. The rich are getting richer. The poor are getting locked down and losing their jobs. And you know what? At the tip of the spear on this, in my opinion, is this discussion. All over the country now are battles between lockdowns and not. So a Maryland County um, situation where they agreed to allow indoor dining now, a group of restaurants filed a lawsuit in Maryland Challenging the county's ban on indoor dining, sir. Yeah. Think about Which that they, for a minute. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They don't want to. They don't want anyone to really survive. They're gonna, you know, they're just causing havoc. And I think as as Americans, I think we are intelligent business owner. We're intelligent that we can kind of move forward amongst the pandemic and still have have a livelihood and 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 make things work. And yet they they don't want to have any part of it. They want to just. You know, you, we're going to arrest you if you do this, and we're going to do anyway. It's just ridiculous. Uh, I find this interesting. A group of restaurants filed a lawsuit challenging the county's ban on indoor dining in Maryland. You know, <laughs> and, right. and I go, "Wow, 
Now, <clears throat> what I find interesting about this is the judge tried to ban indoor dining for four weeks. And they just they said it's because of catastrophic hospitalization. Uh, and then they go on and on and on of all the ills. And my response to these Maryland folks is they're just saying, look, we realize that it's bad. We realize that there's a serious problem. But you're going to add insult to injury and create an economic problem if you're not careful. So if you don't believe me, in New York now, headline says, a group of New York City restaurants and bar owners have filed a class action lawsuit against New York City's Mayor Bill de Blasio and New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo on Christmas Day. And guess what their argument is? Listen to this. Allowing indoor dining actually saves lives, they say. <laughs> now, that's the New York Post reporting this. Yeah. <laughs> you look at that know. and you go, does indoor dining save lives? Well, let me tell you what does save lives. The ability for people to be people, for humans to be human, Brian. That's right. Because if you can't buy or sell, you can't run a business, you can't work for your keep or whatever you want to say, you don't, you, what else can be taken from you? You can't work, you got to stay in your house, you got to be locked down, you got to have a shot, you got to, you got to, you got to, what freedoms and liberties and choices and agencies and, um, will you have left at the end of the day if we allow this to continue? Yeah, we won't have any. I mean, it's the it's one more it's one more uh, effect. I mean, you know, little by little. I mean, isn't that isn't that is that kind of Satan's plan? Little by little, I'll slowly lead you down to hell because if you buy into this, and then a little bit by little bit, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Now, here's the interesting thing: they say you can't gather in a restaurant because it could go really bad, but they're forcing people to gather in households, right? <laughs> right. How is your household a lot safer? Well, Sam, if you live with these people, you're you're already going to get it or you already got it or whatever else. And my response is, how do we even know that's true? Okay, unless you don't go out of your home for any reason, you're just likely to bring it back to your house. And, in fact, staying together in your house then increases the likelihood that it will spread. Whereas everybody goes in and outside and outdoors and stuff like that, the likelihood of it spreading would be much less. Yeah, the plaintiffs, believe it or not, in this case in New York, asked the judge to grant a preliminary injunction to stop the dining, saying it's an emergency. They filed this thing, Brian, on Christmas Day. Okay, yeah. Now, what do you think of that? There you go. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Amen. Now, listen to this part. Officials have now detected the more contagious mutant strain of the cocoa that appeared in the United Kingdom. Now they've detected it in California and Colorado. You want to uh, respond to that one? Now you got the worst yeah. strain, buddy. Now it's time to super <laughs> lockdown, right? That's right. Then there'll be something else. Then they'll be, you know, they'll create something else that, hey, you know, this there's an, also another thing coming out of, China, or there's another thing coming out of somewhere else. It's worse than the other two, and now we've, we're three. And I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's one more, you know, step. But it, you know, it seems like you know they they also uh, uh, mentioned that the fact of it, it, it's not any really worse than really just the COVID. So that new strain isn't really anything. Well, worse it doesn't get you sicker; it just spreads faster. How convenient. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, there you go. 
Next, it'll be you don't drink the water because the, now it's coming through the water. And the air, the air, you can't breathe, you know. You, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the breathing that's the problem. We're, we're going to need tanks. We're, we're tanks on our back. And, now, yeah. check this out. By the way, there's a note to the super rich. You know, you mentioned that the rest of us are starving and the rich are getting richer. There's a note to the super rich that I've got. I'll tell you about it right after the break, okay? Yep. And then we need to get an update on gold and silver and rhodium. Kurt's on the road, so we'll give him rhodium. Uh, we'll do all that in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com on your radio. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Census Bureau will miss a year-end deadline for handling the numbers used for assigning congressional seats. The Census Bureau plans to deliver a population count of each state in early 2021. It will be the first time that the December 31st target date is missed since the deadline was implemented more than four decades ago by Congress. Unemployment aid will continue to provide a lifeline for millions of workers who continue to struggle to find a job amid the coronavirus pandemic. The Department of Labor says it does not anticipate that eligible claimants will miss a week of benefits and should be added soon to unemployment benefits. Minneapolis police shot and killed a man in exchange of gunfire during a traffic stop in the southern part of the city late Wednesday. Minneapolis Police Chief Madaria Arredondo said officers were conducting a traffic stop. Initial witness statements indicate that the subject involved in this felony stop fired first at Minneapolis police officers who then exchanged gunfire with the suspect. USA Radio News. Newsmax TV. Everyone is watching it now. President Trump says he loves it. And more than 30 million Americans tune into Newsmax TV. With great shows and analysts like Dick Morris, Rudy Giuliani, Michelle Malkin, Diamond and Silk, Mike Huckabee, Alan Dershowitz, and a lot more. Every night you can watch Newsmax's number one show, Greg Kelly Reports. Greg Kelly and Newsmax are unafraid to tell the truth about the election, how big tech is censoring you, and Joe Biden's dangerous plans. You need to watch Newsmax TV. Get Newsmax on all major cable systems or check your guide. If you don't get Newsmax, call your cable operator. Tell them you want Newsmax. And remember, Newsmax is free on Roku, YouTube, Apple TV, Zumo, TiVo Plus, Pluto, Chromecast, and most smart TVs like Samsung and LG. And don't forget to download the free Newsmax TV app. All other cable news channels ask you to pay, but Newsmax's app is free. So start watching anytime, anywhere in the world. We can expect fireworks when electorals officially add up 2020's presidential election. USA Radio News' Dan Naraki has more. Senator Josh Hawley says he will challenge Joe Biden's electoral victory in Pennsylvania, forcing Congress to debate on the results of the presidential election in at least one state. The Missouri Republicans' challenge to the results are likely to delay certification of the Electoral College's vote when Congress meets in a joint session on January 6th. Hawley tells Fox News he's going to take his opportunity to stand up for election integrity. I mean, somebody has to stand up here, you've got 74 million Americans who feel disenfranchised, who feel like their vote doesn't matter, and this is the one opportunity that I have as a United States Senator, this process right here, my one opportunity to stand up and say something, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Narak. One of the complaints from Trump lawyers is Pennsylvania had 250,000 more votes than registered voters. Biden's number is only 82,000 over Trump in that state. USA Radio News.
Live and on your radio, Sam Bushman, Brian Rust, RustQuentinGift.com. Yeah, group of New York City restaurants suing their mayor and governor. Group of restaurants filing a lawsuit in Maryland. The lady we talked to yesterday for two hours in Minnesota going head-to-head with the government. Hey, man, restaurants are on the front line, retail on the front line of this epic battle for the hearts and minds of the American people. Do you panic in a lockdown and cave to the arm of flesh? Or do you trust in God and move forward with faith and hope and jettison fear is the real question, ladies and gentlemen. But a note to the super wealthy. You ready for this, Brian? Sure. Hey, you want to go on vacation and you're super wealthy, here's what you do. You can avoid other vacationers that might kill you and give you the cocoa. Here's how you do it, buddy. You just rent out. You just book the whole hotel, buddy. Just book the whole thing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they're literally doing that. They say for folks that don't mind forty five hundred to five grand to six to ten grand per night can just go ahead and rent the hotel. So they talk about this guy that goes down for breakfast and he has no fear because everybody going down for breakfast is in his family, sir. Yeah. So it's all good. So see <laughs> what you you're go. really getting now is you're starting to have the wealthy say, you know what, I'm sick of it. And they either work for the government and they just simply lie to you and say, stay home while I go on vacation. Uh, like what Deborah Brooks did or Burks did uh, from, you know, Donald Trump's quote coronavirus team. She told everybody for Thanksgiving to go home, stay home, don't meet. Then she just took off and went for a multi-generational party with her family. Okay. So you either do that like a politician and just lie do what I say, not as I do. Or you get rich and you just simply say, hey, I can go on vacation because I booked the whole hotel, buddy. It's no problem for me. So note to super wealthy. One way to avoid other vacationers, just book the whole hotel, buddy. That's all you got to do. No problem at all. All right. Now. Yeah, that, that's great. You think we're going to get the virus and it's going to be over? No. They won't let you, folks. They're going to lock you down. I'd love to get the virus and just either die or, uh, you know what, have it over and behind me. But, oh, no, you can't do that. The only way to do that is vaccinations. So they're rolling out vaccinations, right? You ready for the latest from the health experts, Brian? Yeah. Healthcare experts are now warning that it may take the remainder of the decade for the United States to reach its vaccination goal. Now, as far as I understand, how dumb am I? It's 2020 right now. Tomorrow it'll be 2021. So the rest of the decade will be like 10 years. Literally full-on 10 years, right? It's going to take that long for the vax to roll out and for everybody to get vaxxed, Brian. Well, there you go. There's there's the major plan right there. Is uh, Well, we knew it would take a long time to, to accomplish kind of what their their agenda is. I, yeah, 10 yeah. years, and then, the, code, uh, then the, the global warming will be on the heels of that, don't you know? <laughs> That's right. See, That's they, exactly they, they've right. got a plan for this, never to let this go. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. Do you understand what I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen? All right, what's gold and silver sitting at, sir? Uh, let's see, gold sitting at 1897 10. 1897 10. Wow. Uh, what is that from when we talked before? It's hard to say. Well, last week it's up about $20 from last week. Uh, if we go back to the seventeenth, we're about the same, around that same price. All right, so it's really not. Two. It's been in that eighteen hundred dollar range for quite some time. Is the point right? Yeah, yeah. Eighteen ninety seven. So. so it's almost nineteen hundred dollars. It's holding well, uh, you know. And if you expect it to make you a ton of money, forget it. It's a hedge against abuse, uh, primarily in modern day. All right, silver. 
Silver's twenty six forty seven. And that's up a bit, isn't it? That's seventy five cents up from last week. Uh, probably oh uh, yeah, that forty fifty cents up from the from the seventeenth. Twenty six forty seven. Um, so what do you say, Brian? Is it a good time to get Silver Eagle Silver Dollars? You got the twenty ones in yet? Uh, nope, they'll be they'll be coming here uh, first of the year. You know, here in the next few couple weeks, probably. They can't get them in until the after the new year. Yeah, then it takes a while to get production out. I mean, we ordered them last well this month, this in December here, and or actually before that, even November, I think I ordered them. So yeah, it's just going to be a matter of time. I guess you could get futures that would invest in the twenty twenty ones before they even get created, right? Yeah, I think there's people already uh, <laughs> in buying futures already for contracts here and next year. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. No, do we expect the 2021s? What do you What do you think the 2021 year is going to look like? Is it going to be um, very crazy year? But gold and silver seem fairly steady. I mean, for the most part, gold and silver haven't really moved com- compared to the fluctuations in in the concerns and the futures and the markets and the paper and the everything else. Gold and silver just has kind of been like a rock, hasn't it? Yeah, it's it's staying somewhat steady. We're we're still seeing manipulations, the spikes up and down on paper based on the metals. I mean, you're you're rich, keep getting richer. You know, your J.P. Morgan's and Goldman Sachs still uh, are making hefty hefty money on on this. Yet they they're they're uh, stockpiling physical. You know, why would they do that? They're making tons of money on paper. Why would they? But it's because they can manipulate this paper and buy up physical. So it's so they're still doing some of that. But yeah, this next year, you know. The problem is, is, is uh, I, none of this, the, the, the things that are really causing us havoc are going to go away, right? I think mean, things are just going to get worse. I think we're going to, you know, the government wants us really to, to uh, rely on them to take care of us, to do what they want us to do. Just, you know, you know, and and uh, and in that sense, I mean, our freedoms little by little are being taken away. So I, think, you know, hedging. I mean, we better have something stored away because. You know, or or we're going to stand in lines just like every other country has done. That sounds scary to me, Brian. That doesn't sound like um, I don't know what you call it. And everybody kind of is hoping twenty twenty goodbye. Look at the rearview mirror. We're hoping it gets better. That doesn't sound better, Brian. Yeah, well, you know, and and you hope. I mean, I think our hope is that we, yeah, things are going to get better, and and you know, we can you know, pray and continue to have peace of mind a bit. But part of that is, 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 uh, preparing, right? Uh, if we're prepared, we probably, we don't, we won't have fear. We will have food on the shelf still. We'll have, you know, monetary to maybe trade or, or barter or even have money in the, you know, I'm not sure in the bank, but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the key for, for us going forward. I think, you know, I mean, mo- most people don't have any kind of savings. I mean, they're either over the top on debt they, you know, not. so I think peace of mind puts us in a good position, and I think that's what we're trying to accomplish: have metal, you know, have food, you know, and these things that are important, and 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 have faith, you know, call upon our heavenly Father. So, whoa, are you allowed to say that on the radio, sir? Well, I'm trying. Amen. Good work, my brother. I appreciate it. You're exactly spot on, correct. Now, healthcare experts are saying it's going to take a decade to vaccinate everybody unless they start hurrying up. But I got a question. What about those of us who don't want to get vaccinated, Brian? Well, and there—that's one more thing. I, I, I think that that's—we should have the ability to to make decisions. I mean, if, no, 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 no. If you want to murder your baby, then you have a right to your body. If you want to keep yeah. your baby, you're an idiot. 
And if you want to stop the vaccines, how dare you threaten the rest of us? Yeah, well, that's, that's it seems like the, the virus is going to continue on regardless whether I'm vaccinated or not. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to maybe maybe they're trying to save me. Is that is that the deal? So if I get the vaccine, I'm saved. And, I, you know, it's it's just I don't know. There's just all these things thrown at us like. Yeah. All right. Well, they keep preaching lockdown, but I got a humble uh, admission for you. Listen to this. A member of, quote, President-elect Joe Biden's COVID-19 advisory board has now admitted that excessive lockdowns across the country in the spring were a mistake. Uh, He's an epidemiologist. His name is Michael Osterholm. And he's of the University of Minnesota. Now, this is interesting because we interviewed this lady at Minnesota yesterday that doesn't want to be locked down, but she's against the governor and everybody else that threatening to arrest her and fine her and put her in jail and everything else, right? But this Michael Osterholm, who's with Joe Biden's, you know, Coco team, told Bloomberg News that shutting down businesses in places with very few cases, especially in the middle of the country, was counterproductive to fighting the coronavirus and the pandemic. He went on and he compared the situation to hurricane warnings, where he says, you know what, which people usually take seriously. Why? Because they're almost always right. They're almost always correct. And they're not overused. Now, here's what I find fascinating. This is Biden's guy admitting a humble truth. Documenting reality, admitting, saying, you know what, that was a big mistake. We shouldn't have done it. But why aren't we hearing from guys like that right now? I don't know if I agree with this guy on hardly anything, but in this, he's right. Uh, to where it's like, hey, it was a big mistake. We shouldn't have done it. We shouldn't do it going forward. We need to really get to where when we tell you something, you can trust it. Like a hurricane warning. Hey, you can count on it. And what they've done now is they've cried wolf so many times. You got to lock down. You're going to kill everybody. Everybody's going to die. The hospitals are going to melt down now. They've done it so many times now to where nobody believes. And they've lost their credibility to the point where, oh, man, now when they tell us to lock down, people just want to sue or argue or fight. I'll tell you about a big fight that happened over the lockdowns and the forcing of wearing masks in seconds. Can you stay there, Brian? Sure. Hang tight, buddy. Brian Rush with us. RushQuentingGift.com. The economy's at stake, baby. I'll tell you that right now. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win they lose nothing less big q little q the calm before the storm by a friend of megagoria the strategy of heaven revealed big q little q the calm before the storm available on amazon.com or by calling caritas in the u.s at 205-672-2000 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, Brian Russ, RussQuinnandGift.com with me. A member of President-elect, they say, Joe Biden's COVID-19 advisory board. Yeah, he says that excessive lockdowns that were across the country in the spring were a mistake. Epidemiologist Michael Osterholm speaking out, saying we shouldn't have done it. Boy, howdy, is he right? And then my response is, why are we then not quoting this guy and stopping it? Why are we doubling down and making it worse right now? But don't worry, Brian, they got your back because they say this, (laughs) a long-delayed education campaign aimed at encouraging Americans to get vaccinated against the cocoa will launch in January federal health officials now say well there you go i feel better already <laughs> well I, you know you, you you the one one problem is we don't hear much about you know that or whatever because mainstream media their goal is to clutter our lives with with uh, all kinds of things that want to so that we there again that we're under kind of their control you know heading towards where they want to take us you know and and, and i i look at that like you know, we're tossed to and fro. Well, I read that about in the scriptures. If we're tossed to and fro and we don't even know, that's kind of what main, the mainstream media wants us to do. So we have confusion. I think we have to get back to decluttering our lives and get down to where we can focus and make good, you know, choices and and uh, stay on on top of things that really matter. And and uh, and I think we can make educated opinions. I mean, as far as uh, you know. Brian, crazy. you're, you're yeah. trying to tell government you can think for yourself and make decisions and stuff I, like I that? Think, well, we have for a long time. So, uh, you know, I don't. Now, all of a sudden, I, I, I'm uneducated. I should just get in line. I'm yeah, trying you, to find which line. I, it's crazy. You need to get in the, the government take care of you line for your food and your money. You need to get in the vaccine line to go ahead and, you know, <laughs> make sure right. that you get vaccinated. That's you need right. to put your wife at the baby line to murder all your children. You need to. Yeah. Okay, that's what they want to do, buddy. That's their right. agenda. And if you don't do that, you're basically an, an enemy to the state. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I don't know why they need a long education program to get us to believe in the cocoa. Look, all they got to do is have all the politicians get it. And if everybody does super well, then I don't think they'll have a hard time convincing the rest of us. If people don't do super well or it doesn't stop them from getting sick, then I think people will be wisely uh, a little bit hesitant to get the vaccine. What I'm saying is, why do they need to try to convince us, Brian? That's right. You, you're you're exactly right. 
that's it. Well, I, I think they want us to kind of, well, it's, it's, it's hitting us with all this, you know, things with this happening and this happening. But what's next? I mean, if we, if we, you know, let this run its course, if we let it run its course and, and, you know, and, and realistically it looks like if it runs its course and we allow it to run its course, I mean, yeah, there's going to be people that die. I mean, there's people, you know, cancer and all these other things, people die. Do we, you know, is there, do we call this a, that, that a pandemic and how come, you know. Well, heart disease is certainly a pandemic. I mean, that's the, what, the leading cause of death in America today? Right. I mean, do we, do we take everybody's cigarettes away that want to smoke? No. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, it affects me probably if, if someone's smoking and, and I'm around a lot of they've proven that the fact that it affects me, the, pro, the, the deal is, is we can't force everybody to kind of do this. We should make our choices, have freedom, the freedoms, as long as we're not, you know, and, and you know, destroying the laws. There's there's governed laws. But apparently, I mean, if you're on one side, you can peaceful protest and destroy and that. And that's OK if you call it the right word. But it's it's, uh, you know, it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, we live our lives and we do, you know, and do things that will bless the lives of those around us and we can have a good society. But if we're forced to do this and that and the other and now there's contention, I think that's what the elitists want. They take you to war. right? Now, imagine instead of forcing us to wear masks, Brian, or forcing us to get the shot or whatever else. Imagine if they just said, hey, listen, you know what? It's a good idea to be vaccinated and we're going to roll out the vaccine. We're going to let people choose for themselves, but you'll learn that it's safe and effective. And uh, what they're doing is they're literally, um, you know, having people get shots on TV to make you believe they're safe and effective. But then, hey, somebody passes out on TV right after they get the shot or somebody else takes the shot and celebrates how incredible it is. And then you find out they died. Um, These things are reality. And what I find fascinating is they're trying to trot out all these professional do-gooders to make me go, oh, they're safe and they're effective. But they say U.S., has more cases of new virus strain. Right. So I'm kind of going, what? Well, then listen to this now. They say, hey, a lot of people are saying Bill Gates won't take the vaccines that he advocates for and funds and promotes. But now Bill Gates, Pfizer CEO, both planning to take the vaccine. So Bill's willing to take it. But what I find fascinating is why, let me understand why. Why do we need Bill Gates to take it to make us feel good? Right. Okay. I don't care if Bill Gates wants to take it or not. I still don't. Right. Okay. Just because there's a Pfizer CEO willing to take the vaccine or Bill Gates does, that doesn't make me any more willing or wanting to take it at all, does it? You, Brian, does it make you go, oh, I think I ought to now. Well, that's right. I mean, I, I think we should be able to, to, okay, if you want to take it, okay, you, you've chosen to do so, and, and we'll, you know, go forward. But if I don't want to, I don't think I should be forced to. But, you know, one of the factors, you, you look on TV, you know, these, these commercials about any of these drugs. Well, the side effects go on for probably longer than just the stated commercial is going to be. I mean, it's Well, and, and, and you'll never convince me just because Bill trots out and takes the vaccine. Number one, I don't know if he's been given a placebo or if the plunger really goes down. It's just on right. TV. I don't even know if it's true, first of all. Right. But second and more important than that, they have what's called the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. It's been going on since like 1986. It's already spent over $4 billion dollars 
for when vaccines go wrong. They have a secret court for vaccine cases. Very few cases ever make it to vaccine courts. Very few times do people even win because the vaccine manufacturers are shielded from liability and you and I, the taxpayers, are on the hook. Right. And as long as you keep a program like that a rolling, I will never trust you, Brian. Yeah. Now, I don't mean I won't trust Brian, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I will not <laughs> trust the government, right? There I'm you saying go. I will never trust you, period. Right, Brian? Okay. Yeah. That kind of... I'm just telling you right now, look at that, though. Think about that. They want me to trust it because Bill goes on TV. Some right. whacked-out computer, you know, college dropout goes on TV. Now, I'm not making fun of him for dropping out of college, but what I'm saying is if we're going to go down that road, what makes him the super scientist? What makes him the super physician? Okay? I don't care if he takes it or not. As long as you have this injury compensation fund, if it's honest and safe and effective, and okay, then let the companies that make the vaccines hold complete liability for when it goes wrong and when it goes wrong be candid open transparent and true about it and let people sue and if those companies can stay in business and do well without subsidizing for the taxpayers and they can handle the liability of their of their actions or their creations or whatever you want to say then i might have some trust in it but as long as you force the taxpayer to be on the hook as long as you create a secret court so we don't hear about it as long as you create government funding for when it goes wrong and we've paid out billions and it's not about to stop or end soon, the more vaccines we roll out, the bigger that number will grow to unless we simply don't let people get a redress of grievance at all in your secret courts. Okay, I will never, ever, ever, ever trust them. And the reason that I focus on this and repeat myself on this is because they want to run around and go... <clears throat> You know, what you need, Brian, if you don't want to take the vaccine, is education. We're going to roll out a massive education campaign. And what we really need to do is just roll out that the, you know, the CEO of Pfizer, uh, Bill Gates, uh, you know, Donald Trump, Mike Pence. You know, these guys are all taking it. You know, who are you to not take it, Sam? The science is there. Um, the problem is the truth is it's not. And the injury compensation fund is proof in the mix. You want to respond to that one, Brian? Yeah, you know, you're right on, Sam. I, I think that that's, that's one of the biggest problems. That's there again. That's where you're, the rich keep getting richer. They create a new drug. They do this, and they, they kind of push us down that road so that we can help. But if, if there's problems, there's no accountability. They get a free pass, so it's no accountability. So it affects the, the, the middle-class person or the, the low-income low person or, or whatever because they're affected. They're, you know, they're dying or whatever or have to pay the bill because the the rich they you know they can't move on to their next drug and their their companies seem to just skyrocket and and then you've got uh, uh McFar Mrs. McFar Levita or whatever and they're pulling they don't want her to make any money and uh, yeah it's it's just part of I mean it's absolutely crazy where we're headed in this is our country we've just allowed you know the elitists to just do whatever they want and with a free pass and everybody else be affected and if you don't go along with them and uh, we'll just kind of wipe you out. Now, here's the problem. They now say the third wave of COVID-19 cases flooding the nation's ICUs, writes USA Today. Okay? And they go, man, Sam, you better really be careful. They're flooding the ICUs now, buddy. The hospital can't handle it. We've been telling you that. And now it's here. Now it's here. But here's my response, Brian. They've been telling me that for 10 months to the point where I'm sick of them crying wolf. Yeah, The guy with his finger in the dam, you know what, has lost all credibility. Uh, every time I go to the hospital, those places are empty. And now they've been telling me for months that, oh, my gosh, the hospitals are full. In fact, they have this big old massive boat hospital outside of New York or whatever that eventually, what, had to just pack up and go home because there was nobody there? 
And then I bring up that hospitals aren't full, and they're like, oh, man, you're lying to the people. You're fake news. Then I'm going, what? And then people go to the hospital and take photos and show the hospitals are empty, and then they're like, well, you're taking photos of the wrong area. It's full over here. What? Over where? Okay. And now they're saying, hey, the third wave uh, is is got ICU units full. Now, there may be some truth to that in certain areas, Brian. I'm not saying there's not truth to it. But they make you believe that everywhere that's happening. They make you believe, and, and to, to say that it's not, or to, hey, believe what they tell me, don't believe my lying eyes, right? And then they want me to believe them and trust what they say. Right. And then you got this epidemiologist or whatever, this guy that works for Joe Biden going, hey, we shouldn't have locked everybody down. It was a mistake. Yeah. Maybe we ought to be more like the hurricane warnings, where when we say something, it better be accurate and true because people can count on it. And now are we going to listen to this guy? For once, I'm telling somebody to listen to somebody on Joe Biden's team. You want to know why? Because he's right. Yeah. See, I don't pick the left-right paradigm, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not into that. I'm into the truth. And when he says lockdowns were a mistake and we better get our act together on a credibility point, he's spot on. Well, here's a mask story to end the hour for you, Brian, for you to comment on. Headline says a woman at a St. Louis gas station reportedly hit a sheriff's deputy with a deputy's baton after she was told that she had to wear a mask. So the video shows this lady rolling in with a mask, but she's got it in her hand, not on her face. And the deputy stops her, and they have an altercation, and the person punches the deputy and grabs the deputy's baton and beats the crap out of the deputy. Now, I'm not defending that kind of behavior at all, ladies and gentlemen. However, as you continue to force your will on the rest of us, you will get blowback for that abuse, Brian. There you go. You're right on, Sam. The time, the time to confront that person walking in without a mask is not stepping in their way with a baton. Right. Okay, I'm telling you, that's not the way to make progress. If you've got credibility that masks work, prove it. But there's a debate all over the country about whether masks work or not. And Fauci lied and said you don't need a mask. Now he says you got to have one. The deputy <laughs> says you got to have one. The woman says, no, I don't. Who brought the baton to the party? That's the right. deputy. Now, I'm not defending beating anybody up with anything. I'm just saying they're creating the crisis we're facing. Brian, thank Amen. you, sir. You're right on, Sam. Way to go. Russ, coinandgift.com. Brian Russ doing a phenomenal job. Hour one in the can, two coming up. God save the republic. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that ever refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the thirty-first in the year of our Lord two thousand. And 20. What is this, the last day I got to say that, huh? Yeah, next year it'll be 2021, huh? Got to dig that. Time flies when you're having fun. What's going to happen in 2021? You want to look back at the 2020 year? What's that a report? Uh, we lost more rights than any other year in the history of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. That's what happened in 2020. 
The battle for your freedom is epic. The culture war is in your face. The um, cancel culture is <laughs> alive and well. Uh, you know, there's a lot to really be concerned about based on the 2020 reality we faced. Will 2021 be better, some say? Some ask. Some, And I got a reality check for you. It'll be better if we turn to God, yes. It will be worse if we don't. Got it? Good. Simple, right? Well, that's the reality that we face, folks, and you cannot avoid this reality. And I know people don't like to hear me say this. I know people that I'm not religious like you are, Sam, or they say, Sam, you're so negative. You're down. You're No, I'm not. I'm very positive on the future of this country. I think that um, the reality, the winding up scene of the Savior Jesus Christ returning is a wonderful blessing and something to look forward to. And I'm excited about the return of our Savior Jesus Christ. No doubt about it. I'm looking forward to a theocracy-style government led by Jesus Christ himself, the King of kings, Lord of lords. That's a wonderful opportunity that I'm absolutely looking forward to. However, I do want to mention that the winding up scene is happening. And you know what? We have a responsibility in that winding up scene to teach the principles of Jesus Christ. Remember, we are in an epic battle between Satan and Christ. And at the core of that battle, that discussion is our is the simple principle of agency, and you and I, we the people, are in the middle of that battle. What will you do? Will you preserve agency and stand on the side of liberty and choices and agency and freedom? Or will you double down in tyranny? Will you promote faith, which leads to freedom, which faith precedes miracles? Or will you believe in fear, which ratchets people right on down? Huh? What are you going to embrace? And sadly, folks that I think should be fighting for faith and freedom are literally uh, in their fear, doubling down against us, okay? It's a sad tale to tell. But let me give you an example. We ended last hour with Brian Rust, RustQuinnagift.com. He always does a phenomenal job, and he joins us on Thursdays. But a woman in a St. Louis gas station literally beat a sheriff's deputy with a sheriff's baton. Now, don't get me wrong. I uh, reject that violence. The lady was wrong. She should be arrested and prosecuted to the fullest extent for her crimes. You can't beat people up with batons, folks. Don't do it. Jettison the violence, would you please? But I'm going to submit to you, though, that, look, it's all over wearing masks or not. And is it really worth a sheriff's deputy running around with a baton at the entrance of a restaurant, at the entrance of a store, a convenience store, a gas station, I'm literally saying to you, you have got to wear a mask. Or you're not coming in here and getting in people's faces to the point where this lady just goes off and says, you know what? Now, I'm not for the fighting and I'm not for the escalation. But what I'm saying is, why is a sheriff's deputy there with a baton in the first place? See, we're just ratcheting up the potential for violence. You would say, well, Sam, the police officer has a right to be there and the cop or the deputy sheriff's whatever. And they have a right to have a baton. By golly, that's just their garb to protect the people. You know what? But when you continue to ratchet it up and get in people's face and have weapons there, and then it goes south, I have to say to some degree, it's the sheriff that caused this issue. Now, again, I know the sheriff didn't take action and commit the violence. I get it. And the woman should not have hit the sheriff's deputy with a baton after being told that she could not enter without a mask. But you know what? I'm just telling you right now, when you bring a baton to a fight, the likelihood of the baton being used in the fight is greater than if there's no baton there. You got it? 
the likelihood of this woman beating anybody up if she wasn't confronted. The answer, the time is not to force her at the door to wear a mask or be turned away and leave. You're just going to create anger and hatred and misunderstanding, and the potential for trouble is too great. Now, if masks are such a great thing, then let's let the scientific evidence prove that. The problem is it doesn't. You say, oh, no, Sam, you don't know. You're not a physician. There's new studies that have been put out that show. Yeah, and there's also new recent studies that show that they don't work and that they don't help and that they're problematic. Okay? You can tell me all day long the science that you think proves, and I'll show you the science that I think proves not. And we are not going to agree on this issue. Now, some say, Sam, be a good corporate citizen or be a good, you know what, just wear a mask for the protection of others. You don't have the right uh, to get others sick. Yeah, and the debate goes on. When are you going to debate rights fairly and openly and honestly? Because if I don't have the right to get anybody sick, then I don't even have the right to exist. Because I may not even know that I'm sick. Have you ever heard of asymptomatic, huh? I may not even know that I'm sick. So if I don't have the right to get somebody else sick, then do I have the right to be in society if I don't know if I'm sick? See, based on that logic, the only right that I would have is to not be in society because if I'm in society and I'm sick without knowing it, then I'm, well, I don't have the right. See, let's debate and let's talk about rights for a second. If I don't have the right to get anybody else sick, now I'm not saying getting somebody sick is a right. What I'm saying is by, by playing that game and saying that I don't have that right, then you're saying that I don't have the right to be in society at all because what if I'm sick and don't know it and I get somebody else sick? I didn't have the right to do that. See, where does that end is the point. Okay, and then they say, well, Sam, you got to wear a mask. Just be a good, honest citizen. It's not a matter of freedom or choices or agency. All we're talking about is for you to give up a little bit of comfort to go ahead and make somebody else, you know, we're saving lives. A little bit of comfort to save lives. I mean, come on, Sam. My response is we don't have proof that it saved lives that it saves lives. We don't have proof of that at all. In fact, we have proof of the opposite. We have proof that the longer you withhold people from getting the coronavirus, the longer it takes to, to develop natural herd immunity. And that is what's killing people. See, the best thing to do is get herd immunity as soon as possible in, ma in the mass population and then to protect the most vulnerable among us. In fact, other doctors have spoke out in defense of that reality. Many of them, not just a few, many of them. And what happens? They all get shut down by your corporate evil, satanic media that don't believe in choice, don't believe in freedom of speech, don't believe in freedom to assemble, don't believe in freedom of religion. These are the people that say you can meet for a strip club and meet and go to the bar, but you can't meet and go to church, people. See, you can say this isn't about rights, and you can say this is about giving up a little bit of comfort to save lives, and you can lie, lie, lie to yourself and say, I don't have the right to exist because I might get somebody sick. Well, of course, I'm not going to go out in society if I know that I'm sick. See, and that's the part that I have a problem with. Most people aren't running around going, I'm going to get everybody sick and I don't even care. I know I have the COVID and I'm going to become a super spreader. How many people do you think have that mentality? I know there's some wackos out there that do. I mean, there's people that run around with AIDS and sleep with people and do these things. I'm not saying there's not an extreme mental case out there that would do something like that because there are. And sadly, there's becoming more of them as we turn against God. And there will be more and more and more and more of them as we continue uh, to break the tide of God and family and country, right? But uh, I digress. What I'm saying is most people are good, honest people. All right? And uh, Luke Bryan, country singer, sings a song about this. He, he says, I think most people are good. Most people want to do right. 
Okay, most mothers ought to qualify for sainthood, he says. And amen to that. Amen to that. But what I'm getting at here is that, you know what? People are genuinely good. Most people are like, hey, I'm sick. I'm going to stay home. Most people are fine with getting their temperature taken. Um, I realize that getting your temperature taken doesn't really tell you very much. And I don't have a problem getting my temperature taken. But when they want to take my temperature and then log my name down in a book so that the government can have a massive database to contact Trace, and then I start to have a problem. And you can say, well, Sam, government has an absolute responsibility to, to keep people safe and healthy. They have to do that. No, they don't. They don't have to violate my privacy and violate my life and, and, and to do that. You can say, well, Sam, how are they going to trace everybody if they don't? They're not going to trace everybody. Okay? You don't need to trace everybody. They didn't trace everybody for the flu. They didn't trace everybody for the Ebola. They don't need to trace everybody for this either. They're using this pandemic as an excuse to steal your liberties. Because by the time they force me to take a vaccine, by the time they force me to you know, wear a mask, by the time they force me to have my temperature documented in a, in a file every time I go anywhere, by the time they force me to go ahead and put my name and my phone number down for contact tracing, by the time they add that to my driver's license records, by the time they add that to my medical records, by the time they add that to my insurance records, by the time they add that to my employment records, by the time they add that to my social security records, by the time they, they've got this massive dossier on everything I do and say and believe and think. And if you don't think a government will use that against you for being a Christian or for not believing in vaccines, vaccine deniers, don't you know? Or whatever, if you don't think that they're going to have a political agenda in this fight, you're wrong. That's the problem here. And to pretend they don't, to pretend this is an ambivalent uh, discussion is a lie. Okay? So I'm not defending this person that beat up the deputy with a baton. Shame on them and they ought to be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law and arrested. But at the same time, I'm not so sure deputies should be confronting people at doorways demanding masks in the first place, and the deputy standing there with a threatening baton for the get-go. That's a recipe for disaster. If you don't believe me, just look what happened. Right? All right, here's the next example. I don't get it, but I want to point this one out. Ready? Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Why? Because you're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. We break it down like nobody's business on this broadcast. Yeah, there's another story I want to tell you about. Nashville police warned a bomber back in 2019. We'll talk about it. USA Today in seconds. Mrs. Uh, Sir Galahad, what seems to be the problem? Well, it's just not working. She's been very unrealistic. Really? Ever since he rescued me from the dragon, we've been drifting apart. That's not true. We were supposed to live happily ever after. Now, this isn't a fairy tale. <laughs> At first, he was gallant and chivalrous, opening doors for me, holding my chair, taking my arm. All right, I'm not as young as I used to be. He simply isn't the man who swept me off my feet. Well, you're not as young as you used to be. <laughs> Mr. Sir Galahad, maybe if you started by just holding Mrs. Sir Galahad's hand when you're together. Really? Yes, try it. Okay. All right, go on, take her hand. Careful, little oil. Marriage, you're never too far apart when you're still holding hands. From your neighbors, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, 
Look into each other's eyes. That's right. Raise your visor. Don't have blue, <laughs> For more tips on strengthening your marriage, visit family.mormon.org. If Planned Parenthood were what they publicly declare themselves to be, they would welcome transparency. We all know why they hide, because we know what they hide. We can confirm federal judges who follow the Constitution rather than reverse engineer their preferred policy outcomes. The truth about abortion is spreading because of advances in medical imaging, because of brave journalists, tireless activists, compassionate doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals. The rising generation of young Americans is the most pro-life in decades because they know too. And one day soon, we will reaffirm our nation's principles in their dignified fullness and avow once again that all men are created equal. All are entitled to life. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, John Drake. Yeah, he's with the Tennessee police down there. Yeah, Dateline USA Today with this piece. Nashville police warned of bomber Anthony Quinn Warner in 2019. Jay Cannon writes the piece, USA Today. The Nashville police chief defended his department's handling back in 2019 of the situation. I guess this uh, bomber's uh, girlfriend said that he was building bombs in his trailer or motorhome a year before he conducted the blast. Yeah, she told the uh, cops this in August 2019 in the RV trailer at his residence, according to documents obtained by the Tennessean newspaper. All right, now. This is serious, folks. All right. They say that when they went back in 2019, they saw into the RV. They didn't see any evidence of a crime. And uh, they say they didn't have the ability to do anything about it. It caught the FBI's attention as well. But, well, they say that the bomber's attention, intentions seem to be more destruction than death. Anyway, they go on about it, on about it, on about it. And there's a big old debate where the Nashville police were warned about Anthony Quinn Warner by his girlfriend back in 2019, okay? And now the cops are defending their position. Hey, we couldn't do anything about it. We couldn't get, okay? Now, here's what I find interesting. So let me get this straight. We documented a couple of days ago about how several naked women are in their home. Uh, one came home from a work shift and was changing clothes. Another one was in the shower in Arizona. Uh, another one was in, okay, they're all over the place. And, and, and the bottom line is these women have had to sue to get copies of the videos to then submit it as evidence and get a, you know, they end up getting a payout because the cops abuse them. So the cops can pound down these innocent people's doors. In a case of we got the wrong address, but we're going to tie you to a chair and tase you and harass you while you're naked for hours plan. We can do that. But when a girlfriend warns of a man creating bombs, well, by golly, we can't really look into that because he has his right to privacy there now. 
Now, this is the same tale we've been told over and over and over. You know, you got the Unabomber. Well, we couldn't look into his situation, even though there's been questions about, okay, the shootings. Well, golly, we couldn't stop the whatever shooter, even though we knew there were problems. And um, we couldn't stop that because we knew there were problems. And they go on and on. And they every time say, well, we knew about this ahead of time, but we couldn't stop it. But by golly, what we got to do is we got to trace everything that Sam Bushman does. Everything that you do, because if we don't, you might commit a crime and we could stop it if we just knew in advance. The problem is they lie because case after case after case after case, they do know in advance and they don't do anything. The more criminal you are, if you will, the more likely they are to say, well, you've got rights and we can't breach those rights. The more innocent and law abiding you are, the more rights you seem to lose. Think about that for a minute, folks. So I'm a criminal if I don't wear a mask in somewhere. In fact, I might even get into an altercation over it. I might be in a situation where I don't want to take the jab, but I'm a criminal. You got to watch everything I do because, by golly, Sam could go off the rails and promote liberty and religion or something. Okay, I'm 53 years old. I've never committed a single crime in my life. Okay, I haven't been convicted of any crimes or anything else. But yet they want to run around and tell you that I'm dangerous, that I'm a threat because I believe in liberty and the Constitution in America. And I hang out with people like uh, Ron Paul, who, you know, libertarian kind of politician people. And I spend my time with, with people like Becky Akers, who don't believe government has a, a proper role in society. It's hard to argue she's wrong when the government's so abusive, right? At the same time, <clears throat> I do my best to promote the rule of law. I'm the guy that says we live in the greatest country on the face of the earth. I'm the guy that says, hey, there's bad cops, no doubt about it. we got to root them out. But look, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. For the most part, police are great, and we should never defund the police, and we should do all we can to support sheriffs and train them and support them. And I'm one of the guys involved in the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. Our whole purpose is to train sheriffs and let sheriffs know that Americans back their sheriffs. I'm the guy that wants elected sheriffs, not appointed police officers, because I want people to be accountable. I'm the guy that preaches God, family, and country and the protection of life, liberty, and property. I'm the guy that runs around and says, hey, we don't support revolution. We want peaceful restoration. Okay, this is who I am. I'm the guy that wants pro-life and not to murder babies. I'm the guy that, okay. And we talk about this situation and we go, you know what? But the, the bomber, you can't violate his rights. Oh, no, sir. And I look at it and I go, how come the more criminalistic you are and the more reports of violence and ill-conceived behavior you have, the more we want to defend your rights? Okay, you say, well, Sam, you're talking about exceptions. No, I'm not. I'm talking about more and more and more and more examples. They used to be exceptions, but in our society, they're becoming more and more and more and more the rule. Okay, so we've documented oftentimes this, and I'll mention it again. There was a gentleman in California. His girlfriend or wife, I guess his ex-wife, had student loans. They kicked in his door, yanked him out, dragged him out over a student loan, held him for hours. It turns out it wasn't even his student loan that was overdue. You see what I'm talking about? This has got to stop. We need to literally train the police and separate the good guys from the bad guys here big time. But this idea that a girlfriend is going to say, hey, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but this guy's building bombs. In his trailer, Nashville police warned by girlfriend of bomber in 2019, Anthony um, Quinn Warner. Okay, USA Today tells us this story. And, and what happens is they say we can't violate his rights. 
but yet the same cops are kicking down the doors of naked women? Folks, I don't know how to respond to this, but something's got to change. Okay, now, they're too busy tracking me in my life and tracing if I've got a temperature or not. Right? They're too busy telling you that my talk radio show is dangerous. Therefore, you got a shadow ban on my tweets on Twitter. you got to uh, shut down all my Facebook postings and not let them spread. Uh, you got to shut me down on YouTube or this or that. Or you gotta, because, man, I'm, my speech is really dangerous. But then these same people go, hey, I know this guy's making bombs in his trailer, says the girlfriend, but we can't even really investigate and look into it. And then I go, it all depends on how you define probable cause, right? Okay, you could spend time with Anthony Quinn Warner, find out the truth. You could say to the gentleman, hey, I'd like to look in your trailer. We, we hear evidence of this. or we, You could pay attention to what the guy's buying. Is he buying things to make bombs? Is it you could do a surveillance on probable cause, but no, here's what they want to do. They want to surveil everything I do. They want to document every time I appear somewhere and take my temperature. Write that down for contact tracing. Tie that to my phone number in a database of everything about Sam Bushman. Because of the cocoa, don't you know? Got to do it. Safety of everybody is at stake. But yet we can't really look into this bomber situation, even though there's allegations and evidence and everything else. We can't do that. We need to double down and make sure Sam Bushman, if he goes to a restaurant, that by golly, we know who he went with, where he went, how long he sat there, when he went, what he ordered. We need to know all that stuff. But yet we can't look into this bomber guy because we got to protect his rights, don't you know? See, this is the kind of thing where they lose credibility to the point where I don't trust him anymore. Let me give you an example. Let me give you a very serious, serious example. Let me give you a very personal example. All right. We got in a wreck the other day in our car. We got rear-ended by somebody. And it wasn't bad. Nobody got hurt bad. Um, But it wasn't our fault. We were just sitting in a stoplight and got rear-ended by somebody, okay? So I call my insurance company. They're like, oh, we can't do anything for you. You can have us work on it for you and pay your deductible of 500 bucks. Or you can go to the other person's insurance company yourself and handle it. I've never heard of that before in my life, but that's what it is now. And I don't know if I can spend more and get a company that would do it for me. or I don't know what's changed. I don't know if it's the COVID. I have no idea. I just, that's what they told me. So I call up the opposing insurance company. And they say, hey, you know what? We're willing to take your claim, but it's going to take you at least 30 minutes to file the claim. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. How come so long? Well, I go through the claim process and they start asking me all kinds of questions. Things like this. How many passengers were in your car? Where were you going? Where were you coming from? And they literally asked me all these personal questions. How many passengers in the car were minors? How many? And they go on and on and on. Now, you could say, well, Sam, they need that information. Uh, if somebody's hurt in the car, they need to know how many people were in the car. They need to do an investigation and get as many facts as they possibly can. Yeah, but then they say, can you give me the police officer's name that filed the report for you? And I get some name that you can't even know who the person is. So all his information is kind of secret there now. But my information is at the enemy's insurance company. Do I say enemy? That's not fair, is it? 
the opposing insurance company, a company that I have no trust in or no business with at all? Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The new highly contagious coronavirus stain from the United Kingdom has spread to Southern California. No other additional information was given. The first case of the coronavirus variant in the United States was detected in Colorado on Tuesday. Dr. Fauci said he wasn't surprised by the reports and suggested there are likely others in California and other states due to international travel. It should be noted that there is no science to indicate the strain is deadlier. Scores of Cuban refugees blocked a border crossing from Mexico to the United States near Ciudad Juarez. On Wednesday, dozens of Cubans asked immigration officials to allow them entry into El Paso, Texas, to look at their asylum cases. The refugees said they were fleeing political persecution by the Castro regime. Representative Adam Kinzinger, Republican from Illinois, says up to 100 lawmakers will vote not to accept Joe Biden's victory when Congress convenes on January 6th to count the Electoral College votes. USA Radio News. We've all heard it, eat healthy. But what does eating healthy mean? Sure, there are countless diets out there, but they contradict each other. Yet all experts agree we should eat a diet rich in fruits and vegetables. Whole fruits and vegetables are the perfect fuel to power the cells in your body, giving you the stamina you need to handle your day-to-day activities. And that's what Balance of Nature is, whole fruits and vegetables delivered to you in a convenient capsule form for only 22 cents a serving. Our proprietary blend has no additives or fillers, just the full nutritional value of a variety of 31 different fruits and vegetables. Balance of Nature provides you with a natural energy boost without a caffeine crash, a three o'clock slump, or an early bedtime. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself by going to balanceofnature.com or by calling 1-800-2468-751 and use discount code USA. A battle is brewing on Twitter between a lawmaker and retail giant Walmart. USA Radio News' Tim Berg has more. A Walmart spokesman says a tweet from the company's official Twitter account to U.S. Senator Josh Hawley was mistakenly sent on Wednesday. The tweet to the Missouri Republican read, Go ahead, get your two-hour debate, hashtag sore loser. The tweet has since been deleted from Walmart's Twitter account. Hawley, who said he would raise objections next week when Congress meets to affirm President-elect Joe Biden's win in the 2020 election responded to the Bentonville-based retailer from his own account. Thanks, Walmart, for your insulting condescension. Now that you've insulted 75 million Americans, will you at least apologize for using slave labor? The Missouri senator tweeted. A Walmart spokesman saying on Wednesday that the tweet was mistakenly posted by an employee on the social media team. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, so in summation, it's interesting to me, this insurance company that I'm working with, it's not even my insurance company, it's the person that ran into me. I know nothing about them. And the first question I asked the insurance company is, hey, does this guy have active insurance? They said, we cannot disclose that information, sir. So I can't even know if the guy that ran into my car has active insurance. But yet they want to know where I was going. They want to know where I was coming from. 
They want to know everything about me, my birth date, my everything about me. How many passengers were in the car, everything. Took literally 30 minutes. Now, can I trust this other company that I have no contract with of any kind to keep that information secure for me too? What happens when they have an information breach? And then, you know, people on the dark web and evil people have my information about how many minors I had the car in the car with me, what their names were, all these personal details, right? See, this is the problem that we face, but yet, by golly, you can't go into that bomber's, um, you know, trailer to find out if, you know, he's making bombs. You can't really follow up and see what he's buying at the store to see if he's buying bomb-making material. You can't look at what he's doing on the Internet to see if he's searching for bomb-making knowledge or information. Uh, because by golly, you got to protect his rights. But you can, by government, look into everything that I do. How does that work? Now the cops are defending themselves. The Nashville police saying, hey, we obeyed the law and we didn't have the right to violate this guy's rights. Well, then how are they kicking down doors of naked women and arresting them and then covering up their crimes after the fact? All right, I digress, except to say this is the problem that we're facing in America, folks, and we better start to push back. We better push back quick. All right, Senator Josh Hawley, I guess he's a new senator from Missouri, and he says that I will object to electric college votes on January the 6th in Congress. Holly will openly call for Congress to launch an investigation, a full investigation into voter fraud, potential fraud, and election irregularities is what he calls it. Okay? He says, I'm also pushing to enact election integrity measures. Amen to that. I commend him for this. Good for Josh Holly. But you've even got Walmart attacking Josh Hawley over this now. You heard that at the bottom of the hour, right? And then they said, well, it was a mistaken you know, tweet. Somebody on the social media team got a hold of the Walmart account and sent it out. Maybe so, but we don't hear if that person got fired. How come Facebook didn't block that fake news post, huh? See, very strange stuff going on now. Josh Hawley has every right to stand up and call for honest elections. In fact, I'm sad to see that out of the Senate, the only one that I know that's willing to go on record so far is Josh Hawley, the new guy on on the block. But I commend the Missouri senator, and I wish other senators would jump aboard. Where's Mike Lee? Where's Rand Paul? Where's, 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 where are these guys that talk big but yet don't get anything done at the end of the day? Okay? I mean, I don't really quite understand what's going on here, but I commend Josh Hawley. I say we need to find out about this election fraud stuff. We need to stand up and have accountability. But here's what Josh Hawley's saying. He's not saying he's doubling down knowing of election fraud or making any false claims. He's merely saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, let's look into this. Let's get to the bottom of it. He's being relentlessly attacked, but ladies and gentlemen, Josh Hawley explains the Democrats did this in like the 04 and the 16 elections. So he says, I'm just following the Democrats' lead on this one. Well, I don't know that I'd follow the Democrats' lead on anything, Josh Hawley, but your point's well taken, right? That's what's going on. 
We need to really stand up and be counted. I'm on Ron Paul's Twitter feed right now. Senator Rand Paul, while everybody's arguing about how much to spend in Washington, I just want to remind you of the hundreds of things they could cut if they wanted. Rand, as always, is right. Yeah, him and Andy Biggs say, you know what? It's a crying shame what's going on with these expenditures. Now, the question becomes, what's going to happen here? All right, Republican lawmakers push Trump to pardon Edward Snowden. Amen, get it done, and Julian Assange, too. Um, yeah, the National Teacher of the Year is celebrating the beat-up of Rand Paul. His wife is just without words. When I make the Senate vote to quit sending handfuls of money to countries that hate us. Only a few people stand with me, says Rand Paul. He's right. Yeah, Rand Paul says, I put legislation forward to quit sending checks to dead people, but got shut down. Yeah, he said that uh, the feds spent a ton of money seeing if people will actually eat bugs in art class, and he tried to defund all that, and they laughed at him. Our troops should not be held hostage to policymakers. Anyway, Rand Paul wants to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Seattle, see anything on his feed about looking at this uh, event on January 6th? I think vote fraud is one of the biggest problems we have in this country. But yet I don't see a whole lot of Republicans standing up with with, uh, Donald Trump, with President Donald J. Trump like they should be. So Josh Hawley doing a great job, but why is he the only senator to speak out? There is an interview by Sidney Powell by Todd Herman. It's on the uh, Rand, uh, on um, Sidney Powell's elevator pitch uh, regarding the Supreme Court. Let's see if we can't play this interview. Todd does a good job in this uh, interview here. Let me see if I can get this to play. Um, this is a really good interview that was worth covering. Kurt sent it to me. Joins us on Russia's show. Sydney, before the break, I asked you to just imagine the circumstance that you find yourself in an elevator with five Supreme Court justices, and it's a long elevator ride, and you've got 90 seconds. And so Mr. and Madam Justice, and I don't know the, the specific honorific, um, you have 90 seconds to convince them to actually, Sydney, look at your evidence 90 seconds with the justices. How does Sidney Powell proceed? Well, the very night of the election, many people saw something they have never seen before in the history of our elections. They saw votes being changed on the screen in front of them, going from President Trump to Mr. Biden. On top of that, the morning after the election, well, even that night, the voting stopped. They stopped counting in multiple districts at the same time before the vote got to 270 electors for President Trump. That's never happened before. The only time votes have ever been stopped being counted in this country on election night was when the Broward County problem developed over the hanging chads in one county in Florida. So for five states to stop counting on election night is absolutely unprecedented. And they did it because the vote count for the Electoral College was about to hit and go over 270 for President Trump because of the massive outpouring of votes for him that night. 
By the next morning, multiple mathematicians had contacted me and told me they knew the algorithm that had been run to change the votes. It was that obvious to people with mathematical expertise. It is a mathematical impossibility for hundreds of thousands of votes to have shown up in the middle of the night for President Biden alone, I mean for Vice President Biden alone, and to have been injected into the system the way that they were. We have eyewitness testimony of countless people who saw votes coming in in unsecured containers and improper means and looking different the night of the election. These people have come forward at great personal risk to themselves and their families to provide thousands of affidavits of voting abnormalities and, and actual crimes that they witnessed happen on election night. The very fact that the other side is working so hard to hide all this, federal law requires transparency in our electoral process and our elections. There's a federal statute that requires all the documents pertaining to elections to be maintained for 22 months following an election for the very reason that it has to be completely auditable. A federal judge in October in Atlanta found all kinds of problems with the Dominion system that, that Georgia bought and crammed down for everybody across the state to use. That's where the most problems have been, is in Georgia. Witnesses have come forward. There was supposedly a water leak that they uh, shut down voting for. That was an abject lie. We have video of witnesses pulling suspect ballots out from under a table after they ran off all the observers. Somebody told me that one of the people that did that has told government officials how it happened and, and what happened, but has that information been provided to the public? No. There is rampant voter fraud of all kinds, federal violations of five years and more across the country by virtue of all the misconduct on election night. The flipping of votes by Dominion is even advertised in their, their ability to do that, to run a fraction to make a Biden vote count 1.26% and a Trump vote only count 0.74. They've done it before. Hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's advanced distance education program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads a divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. 
I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Todd Herman talking to Sidney Powell. The interview continues. They've done it before. They've done it in Venezuela. They've done it in other foreign countries. They've done it in this country. We have evidence even that it was done in 2016 in California to benefit Hillary over Bernie. And it's, it's been done in other local elections and smaller elections, different places. This is the only time it's been this widespread. The reason it didn't work this time, they've been able to shave these votes for a long time. But the reason it didn't work completely this time and they had to shut down in so many places was because so many Trump supporters poured out on the day of the election to vote for President Trump in a, what was a landslide victory, an historic victory, is because it broke the algorithm. Now let's stop there. Kurt Crosby on this radio broadcast literally for the whole year said that I believe Trump will, this is Kurt Crosby, he believes that Trump will win in a landslide. Well, it turns out Trump was right. And, Pre- and Kurt Crosby was right. Uh, Trump did win in a landslide. And I said that I think Kurt's correct on that, except for the fact that they're going to commit vote fraud. I literally said that. Th- they're going to commit vote fraud. And so, therefore, you know, Trump won't win. Uh, it looks like Kurt Crosby and I were both correct on the point. That's why they had to stop counting that night. That's why they had to bring in ballots and try to backfill And it still doesn't work because there's still hundreds of thousands more votes than there were actual voters to vote them. The math simply doesn't add up. And if they had nothing to hide, why aren't they providing transparency into the voting system of the United States of America, the country that is founded on the rule of law? Now, this is an interesting uh, idea found on the rule of law. Why don't they do it? People say, well, there's not evidence. Others say, yes, there is evidence. And to me, the most simple evidence you can provide would be this. Do we have more votes than voters? Do we have more votes than registered voters, ladies and gentlemen? If you want proof and you want simple evidence that's very easy to understand, and this is what Sidney Powell's focusing on now, good for her. God bless Sidney Powell. Okay, she's simply saying, look, if there are more votes than there are registered voters, that is evidence enough of vote fraud. Um, you can try to understand the machines. You can understand the problem with the custody of the votes and and, and discuss uh, issues like mail-in voting and everything else. You can make this complicated. It's complicated of how they've literally committed the vote fraud. But at the end of the day, if there are more voters that have voted than registered voters, you've got a problem, don't you? That is so simple to prove it's beyond imagination. But the courts in this land are corrupt, and they throw it all out every time. And it's supposed to be above all of this. It's absolutely the most appalling criminal 
operation in the history of our country. Quick question. Do you share the values of the people who sell you things? Hello, I'm Mike Lindell. I can tell you that I do. I love Mike Lindell. Not- anyway, there he goes off into commercials. All I can tell you is Sydney Powell doing a great job. I think she's spot on right. Look, it is that simple. If you have more voters that have voted than you do have registered voters in a given precinct, you got a problem. It is that simple of a discussion. And I don't understand how we can debate whether there's evidence or not. Are there more votes that have been cast than registered voters in a given jurisdiction? I'm calling it a precinct. Why? Because the precinct is closest to the people. It's one of the interesting things about this discussion. I don't hear anybody talking about the precincts. I don't hear anybody talking about the lowest, most simple, closest to the people. You want to know why they're not talking about the precincts? Because part of their vote fraud is to jettison the precinct idea where you know everybody. You know the country song, everybody knows everybody. Everybody calls your friend. All right? They don't want you to know everybody and call each other friends. So they want to skip the precinct and have mail-in voting and deal with it, voting and deal with it county by county, state by state, because then it's very, very hard to get answers. Okay, the custody of the vote is a very simple thing. Either you can prove the custody of the vote on a precinct level and document every voter or not. And if more people voted than there are registered voters, you've got a serious, serious problem indeed, ladies and gentlemen. And if you uh, not only count and the numbers turn out right, then the next question becomes, hey, can you confirm that, you know what, this ballot that's mail-in um, is from Joe? And Joe says, yes, I voted for that candidate. Can you trace it all the way back and double-check your votes? If you can, then we can create vote integrity on the precinct level. If you cannot, then uh, you got a problem and your vote count cannot be certified because the custody of the ballots have been broken. Okay, but everybody wants to solve this at the federal level, at the state level. At the You need to go back to the precinct level. The precincts were there for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And that was because we had paper ballots and you could actually guarantee the custody of the vote. And vote watchers on a precinct level could literally know the people counting the votes and could literally say, you know what, I'm a Republican, he's a Democrat, she's an independent. He's of the Constitution Party or the independent whatever party. But you know what? They're good, honest people. I, I don't agree with them on politics, but look, I've watched them count the votes. I'm telling you they've done it with honor and integrity. And I'm telling you that to the best of our ability, this vote count in our local precinct is valid. And every precinct in America has about 800 voters in it. Usually um, they don't have full turnout. So you might have to, in a precinct, you know, recount 600 ballots trace the integrity of those ballots but see they want to claim they don't have the ability to trace the integrity of the ballot but they can trace if you went to a restaurant and got everybody sick from the cocoa see they can't trace the voters but they can trace everybody and everywhere you go and everything you do do you see the hypocrisy the double standard the dishonest lie here either we can prove the custody of the votes or we cannot if we cannot they're bogus elections if we can then we should be able to get to the bottom of this vote fraud and get everybody comfortably on board precinct by precinct 
but they're not willing to do that because that's where the answers lie. And even though I believe in Sidney Powell and I believe in um, Lynn Wood and some of these attorneys, I think everybody's going about it wrong personally. Because if you can't tell me in my precinct if the vote's valid or not, you can't tell me in my county. Because all that is is a bunch of precincts added together. You can't tell me in my state because all that is is a bunch of precincts and accounting and counties added together, right? And if you can't break it down to its most common component, this is what they teach you uh, in general IT knowledge. you got to divide and conquer the discussion. If I've got a problem, I start at the beginning end of the problem and say, hey, what happens here? What happens here? What happens here? In radio, they call it an audio chain. You first start with my mouth. And if I sound fuzzy, then you know, hey, it's not going to get any better if my mouth sounds fuzzy, muffled, because I'm wearing a mask. You say the mask is the problem. That's why it sounds muffled, Sam. Well, you go along the audio chain. First my mouth, then the microphone, then the cable, then the mixer, then the computer, whatever along the way, right? And you just trace it one by one by one, and you isolate. And you say, well, it sounded fine up until this point. Doesn't sound fine here. What in between just happened? One piece at a time. Same things are true with elections. Not going to get to the bottom of it state by state and trust state legislators and courts and nine robed thugs at the top, the furthest away from the people to get answers. They're the ones that have created the problems. You're going to find answers in the local precinct level. And you're going to get 800 people in a precinct and find out on the average about their voting. And you're going to trace it and say, Is this how you really voted, Sam Bushman? Yes, no. Maybe we ought to have everybody swear under the penalty of perjury that, yes, they've come to me. And yes, the ballot that they have for me is accurate. And then we can get legitimate numbers in every precinct that doesn't have accurate numbers and cannot trace the custody of their votes needs to revote. And any group that can trace the custody of their votes, as long as there's not more voters voting than registered voters, and we can trace all the ballots, we're good. This could happen precinct by precinct. You say, no, it couldn't, Sam. Yes, it could. There's 175 precincts. I'm sorry, 175,000 precincts in America. But there's all these people that could vote. If you have 800 voters, it's not hard to get, you know, 30 people to sit down and do the vote count. The 30 people would need to count less than 30 ballots each. If you had 12 counters, they would have to count about 75 votes each. You could have 12 counters. You could have certified under the penalty of perjury vote watchers. And you know what? You could take less than 300 people per precinct. You know, 12 vote counters, maybe 30 or 40 people to watch in every precinct, less than 100 people. And you could count those 800 votes, 12 people counting, you know, right? And about 75 votes apiece. You could literally get that done in, in about an hour, maybe two hours. And you could certify the vote by penalty of perjury. Okay, this could get done so easy. They've spent literally months now since November, so all of November and all of December almost, and they still don't have accurate counts. They still can't guarantee the custody of votes. Why? Because if you recount from the machine that's bogus, you're going to get a bogus recount. Anyway, Josh Hawley's right to look into this. Sydney Powell doing a phenomenal job breaking it down, doing the best she can. But I want to double down on my views on what's going on here. This is just insane. And going back to the precinct level and every precinct that can't guarantee the custody of the vote to the satisfaction of the vote watchers, 
who make everybody swear under the penalty of perjury their numbers are accurate. We could do this, folks. But no one's talking about this idea or answer but me. No one. And until you talk about this and get custody of ballots at the precinct level, you will not have a true account. It is not possible. Why don't we have 175,000 people, one in each precinct, challenging this? While, while we're debating vote fraud in America and murdering babies, so is Argentina. New headline. Argentina's Senate legalized abortion, guaranteeing abortions up until 14 weeks of pregnancy. That's according to the Associated Press. I guess shirtless activists who appeared to be female started dancing in the streets celebrating murder. There you have it. I don't even know how to respond to this. It's so evil, so diabolical, so satanic, so sad, so criminal. All the above. And we're worried about the integrity of our ballots, huh? Well, we justly are worried about the integrity of our ballots. President Trump needs to fight this all the way, folks. But I submit to you, they will not get to the bottom of it, and they will not win because they're going about it all wrong. You say, Sam, how dare you say they're going about it all wrong? They're doing their best. I know. But I'm telling you right now, until you go to the precinct level, you cannot create accountability. Because if I can't trust, if I can't, guarantee the custody of a ballot at the precinct level the further it goes into the minutia of machines and bigger government it becomes harder and harder to track and trace and literally double down and guarantee the custody of the ballot that's where it all starts and ends ladies and gentlemen say what you want but i'm right on this one and i'm not trying to be just hey i'm right and everybody's wrong i'm just telling you that look precincts were there by the founders for a reason counties are there for a reason. There's 175,000 precincts in America and there's 3,000 counties. That's where you got to take this battle. County by county, precinct by precinct, demand the custody of the votes. And if they can't prove it, then we need to demand and sue them and say, you got to throw it out. Do you have standing in your precinct, in your county? If not, then we're in real trouble. LovingLiberty.net, God save the Republic of the United States. <laughs> 